and Edward Lazar, and welcome to Anthropologistics, a podcast aimed to bring you thought leadership, founders, innovators, academia, and of course, anthropologists. Why anthropologistics? Everything we do must be people, environmentally and socially centric. Therefore, it makes a lot of sense to leverage the business anthropology field, apply its theories and methods to identify and solve real business problems in everyday life. Together with February's special guest, Kimberly Reuter, we bring you a suite of episodes, Amazon Global, Nordstrom Digital Transformation, bringing think big mindset to rural communities, and Kim's framework to success, clarity, scale, growth, used by Kim to advise Fortune 500 companies. Stay tuned. Edward, nice to meet you. Nice to see you this morning. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you guys today. Um, yeah, so uh, we're talking today about um, bringing technology to rural communities, and um, that is currently one of the things that I'm passionate about. I, um, I spent uh, seven years working at Amazon and four years at Nordstrom Corporate, uh, really working in tech and supply chain and fulfillment. Yes. Thank you. Um, on, a, on a global basis. And um, I recently moved um, from Seattle to a rural place in Virginia on the Chesapeake Bay. And um, what struck me the most when I moved here was that the um, lack of technology that is available for people who live in rural communities to get access to bigger markets and to benefit themselves. And, um, you know, here we do, people do use things like eBay and, and Amazon and, and Craigslist and things like that. Um, but there seems to be a bigger opportunity um, to provide people with an ability to access bigger markets. And it's something I saw a lot living in Seattle and on the West Coast, being very emerged in the big tech uh, world and the startup world. And it is something that I've noticed here that is lacking and I see that there's an opportunity. So it's something I'm very passionate about right now. Yeah. So small communities, tech for good. Yes. Um, Obviously, you're very passionate about building viable and scalable communities through e-commerce. Yep. We, we kind of touched a little bit on how do we use this tech for good and how do we bring the think big kind of mentality? You've obviously experienced it in some of the largest uh, companies out there uh, to smaller communities. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Um, it's funny that you think big because I was um, I was talking to someone here locally uh, about my thoughts on this, right? On on, on the bringing uh, tech to benefit rural communities, and that's exactly they're like, wow, you think big, and I was like, yeah, I do. Um, and so, you know, what I what I experienced when I moved back to rural Virginia. So, a majority of the people who live where I live here, um, yeah, are work in agriculture yes. and aquaculture. And aquaculture is uh, oysters, uh, cra- you know, oystermen, yeah. crabbers. Any, any, anything yeah. that grows in water, yeah. Yeah, that grows in the water, exactly. And so, um, and so these people are hardworking people, uh, manual labor every day. And a lot of them are reliant on a middleman to yes. sell their product to, uh, who profits most. Yeah. Uh, always. And yeah. always, the middleman always makes the money. That's just the way it works. And, um, and, and, and that's been working here for, for, for ages. And, and these people are people who've been working the water, um, their, their entire lives, generations, the grandfathers, yes. their mothers, their grandmothers, everybody worked in this industry. I grew up in this, uh, in this area. So I grew up in, uh, Gloucester, Virginia in an area called Guinea, uh, which were all watermen, generational watermen. They actually stuck, spoke a specific dialect of Guinea from the UK. That's how isolated they were. 
And, um, and so I have a lot of passion about this. And so when I came back here to Virginia and, um, and, and, you know, and in, in Seattle, there's, everyone's got a startup, right? Everybody's trying to like help you shop better, faster, more, you know, buy stuff, um, you know, get it faster or whatever the situation is. And, and on the verse, they're trying to do that for people who want to sell. So sell in the most channels possible, get the best pricing, get the best customer, um, exposure, Mm -hmm. all those kind of things. So I come back to Virginia. And we have watermen who still get up in the morning and go catch crabs and either sell them out of the, out of their crab house. Or their house. Yeah. 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 Or they sell them to a restaurant or to a middleman or something like that. And that is the end of their exposure yeah. to a market. I mean, encouraging this sort of driving local communities actually is great, but how do you, they will benefit from kind of bridging with other local communities and maybe yep. ripping better rewards. We, we were talking offline on how do you repurpose things how do you actually get a produce to the to the right usage and i think to some extent e-commerce needs to do that in in the bigger uh big corp sort of world yep yeah yeah so you know what i so what i'm working on now and this is early stages for me is and and so then the other thing is too is that we also also bought because i've talked to a few people about it because i'm getting my 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 product together. Yes. And, you know, so I get, I get two things from people, right? I get, um, Oh, how are you going to make money doing that? And, um, and I'm like, wait a minute, not there yet. Cause you gotta start with the customer. And then the other thing I get is, well, who's going to use it and why? So the other challenge with this, and, and you, you've seen this challenge all over the world. And I think India is a perfect example of a country yeah. who has mastered this. Right. Yes. So these people who are, who are, who are watermen are intelligent, smart, they're entrepreneurs, they're businessmen and women, they're making their living on their own, which is just admirable in my mind. As someone who started my own business, I completely identify with anyone who is trying to make it on their own. Um, and so they don't necessarily have a lot of tech. They don't have a tech team. They may or may not have a computer. They may not be tech savvy, but yeah. do they have a phone? And so how do we make, and so it's not just about building platforms um, that open up a marketplace, but it's building a platform that is accessible to the people who need to use it where they are today. It does yeah. not require investment. It does not require them to go get, you know, have to take a class in Microsoft suites. Um, <laughs> it's something that they could, you know, the vision is something that is as open that when they come off the water and they've got, you know, 20 extra bushels of crabs that week, that they can make that available on an open market. I think, um, uh, there, I know actually, it's not that I think, I, I, know, I know some guys that are absolutely hell-bent on, on solving this particular thing uh, with the fishing industry. Um, and that's, that's what they're trying to do. Um, so you know what fish and what catch yeah. and available and where it is and how quickly can you get it. So the yeah. best, the, the highest return, the best fish gets in the best place where the consumption yep. can happen. Yeah. So it, it feels like a right fit, but what comes to mind is like people in Africa using the M-Pesa or the banking systems, things that happen with traditional sort of the technology of the day, the old kind of phones that they were not even smart, but they facilitated the payment in the exchange and this and that. So they greased the wheel of the society in a a new way that everything became possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about, you know, how do you get payment? Um, You know, the thing I'm working on this, this, project now. I don't want to call it a startup quite yet. We're not there. Um, you know, logistics is going to be the big piece, right? So we're not just talking about socks, right? We're talking about perishable, um, highly perishable goods. Well, um, in, you know, in, the, in, the, in the box for the wrong time, they just spoiled. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so, you know, and 
Yeah. And how to, and how, you know, I think the biggest challenge for this is how do you make logistics accessible? So it's not just the technology. So, you know, let's take an example of a charter boat captain, right? Who goes out and they catch, you know, they limit out on their boat. They've got a bunch of fresh tuna albacore that's available. Um, You know, everybody's taking what they want and and they got sushi grade albacore, right? And we've all heard the great stories about the big tuna that sold for $2 million, right? Got shipped to Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, how, one, how do you make it so easy that the charter boat captain can say, hey, you know what? I got 20 tons or, you know, 20 pounds of albacore. Uh, make it available on the market. Price it. And now, and so the benefit is that now they can price it and get more money for themselves. Right away, yeah. The money goes in the right to yeah, the money goes in the right pocket now because now they can say, I've got this great albacore and this is albacore that you would set, you would buy at the grocery store for, let's say, $20 a pound, right? Um, but if they sold it to a local guy, they're going to get like five bucks a pound. So now they can, they can actually sell it directly for $20 a pound. They can set their own pricing. Um, they have access to a bigger market. All that is pretty easy. But then how do we make the logistics a way that's easy for them to navigate? And I think that'll be the bigger challenge for this particular project because of the perishability of the product. And the idea isn't that, you know, if they have to go take it somewhere for someone else to ship it for them, like that may be a solution. But the bigger vision is for it to be someone's self-service. Yeah. I think uh, proximity is, is absolutely fundamental yep. to those things um, to operate not always the need is in the proximity or maybe right. the highest return is in the proximity and there will be potential solutions to resolve that compressed time to speed and a safe way of, of transport. But yeah. overall, making money and using it in that community is, yeah. is huge because it creates thriving communities. Yeah. And, and it's back to trust. Yep. <laughs> You're not yeah. going from around the corner because you, you just know him all your life. <laughs> Yeah, or you, you run into them in the grocery store. Like, I mean, seriously, like I'm in, a, I'm in such a rural community that you run into people in the grocery store. So, um, yeah, you run into them in the grocery store. It's also about making them accountable and, yes. giving, them, and giving them a faith. So, again, the vision is not to um, homogenize this and become an, you know, I, the vision is not to become an online seafood broker. There's plenty yeah. of those. There's hundreds yeah. of those. Yeah. This is how do I give um, – Mike, the crabber, who's been crabbing, fourth generation crabber, how do I give him a voice and a face and a brand um, that people will come back and say, Mike's got the best crabs. I want to go, I want to buy, I'm going to buy Mike's, Mike's crabs. I'm not going to buy just anybody's crabs. I want Mike's crabs. Um, and, you have and, to go and, there. So people yeah. will have to travel then. You go to the point of um, where it originates. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but the platform support that, right? So the platform supports. I can buy crabs directly from Mike. I don't have. I'm just not buying crabs. I'm buying crabs directly from Mike. Um, but yeah, but to your point, otherwise you would have to go to Mike's Crab Shack to get the crabs, right? In order to know that. And 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 if you're into and if you're into seafood, like people are here, people are specific about who they get their stuff from. Like oh. they, you know, they only want to go to that guy because that's the guy. Um, and I and and again, it's back to your point. Then you start to build trust because yeah. you have tr- the trust isn't in the, the some of the trust is in the platform, but the trust becomes personal. And yeah. it becomes between you and the fisherman or the waterman. Yeah. 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 And then that, and to me, that is when we start to bring back into a community because everyone has ownership and accountability. And that's where the community piece of this comes back. Yeah. That's great. Kim, I mean, time absolutely flew away from us. I'm, I'm sure uh, this conversation carry on for another couple of hours. <laughs> Yeah. But anything you want to put into uh, in there? Yeah. And leave them with a thought or book. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I have learned throughout my career, especially in the tech industry, uh, and now you know coming back to a to a community um, from which I came, um, is that I think we owe it 
to everyone to start to believe in community again and using technology to build communities. Well, I uh, can't thank you enough for your time. And uh, I hope uh, people will find it really interesting, as I did. I hope so. So Good, yay, thank you. We'll, we'll see you sometime in the future with, with some other topics to discuss. Yes, finally got my startup up and running and we can talk about how that's working. Uh, absolutely, yes. Today's special guest, Kimberly Reuter from Clarity Scale Growth. You can always reach out by going to claritiescalegrowth.com. I'm Edward Lazar from Anthropologistics. Thank you very much.